strength It's a sword of power Sword is power Dragon and earth Soaring through the sky Spread your wings It's your boy, Lawson Phoenix, a.k.a. The Man Who Conquered Fire, a.k.a. Law Dog, a.k.a. Long Prong Leong, a.k.a. The Flying Hawaiian, a.k.a. La La, a.k.a. The Hitman. And I'm here with my co-host, Ben Elhard Mosin. Yeah, I got no AKs. <laughs> I got no AKs. Uh, you, you're, you you're, your wrestling character does, but... yeah. You forgot. You forgot. Dick King, murder, murder god, as they're known in Japan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always forget my Japanese nickname because yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick gonna... King, murder god versus Dono people. Ishi, my dream match to wrestle Tomohiro Ishii. I don't know why it would be. He would just beat the fuck out of me. I mean, in my mind, in my ma- in my mind, when I play the match out, it's fifty-fifty. Yeah, well, that's yeah, because yeah, he's he's the goat. He would sell. Yeah, <laughs> he'd beat the shit out of you. You'd beat you the shit go. Out of him. You go. <laughs> we just both do the no sell spots into the, the opposite corners. I mean, he's so good. He's one of the people I feel like I could have a good match with. Yeah. Even at my level of training. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I so feel good. like you and you know what? I feel like you and Follow Ba would have a great match, I think. No, I don't know about that. Follow Ba's Follow Ba's great. Follow Ba's really good. I think Follow Ba could have a good match with Ishii, but I don't know if I could have a good match with Follow Ba. I I disagree. I think Follow Ba's a good match. I think it's easier sometimes to lead someone who doesn't know how to wrestle through a good match than someone that does know how to wrestle. Mmm. You're like the all you have to do if you're not a wrestler is listen to the wrestler and they'll they'll get you through a good match. Mm-hmm. But like if you're a wrestler, if you are a wrestler, sometimes you might have uh, butt heads about certain things. Yeah, you butt heads. You're like not. You're they're like go against their. You want to get your shit in. Yeah. <laughs> so like so like when you have no ego, it's actually better to. So if someone's leading, and they have no ego. I think sometimes you have a better match. Yeah, I like the matches where like. It seems like the veteran lets the younger wrestler lead. Mm. Like I feel yeah, like when it. when Jay White was main evented in New Japan, that happened. Yeah, that's a real that's a real um that's a real sign of trust. Yeah, it's like okay, it's your time, bro. Um, yeah, it's your time. Like uh, you know, go go in there and have a great time. Mm. Anyway, how you doing, brother? Brother, how was your week? Since I, I last took spoke it, to you. Very easy week. Nothing, mm. nothing to do. I didn't do anything this week, really. Uh, mm. You know, we took it real easy. Rewatch the WLC match. Oh, really? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why the WLC match specifically? I don't know. Got a wild hair in my ass. Wanted to watch it. Yeah. It was so good. It's one of those ones that you can just go back to. Yeah, I could definitely go back to it. Like, and have no. I mean, yeah, the fucking. Little people for for the commentary table. They were doing a great job. I wish they would just cut the fucking main commentary guys' mics and just let the little guys 
because they were fucking killing it. So for the listeners who aren't wrestling fans or weren't back then, we should explain. So in um, WWE invented this match called TLC, which stands for Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. It's kind of like you can use Tables, Ladders, and Chairs in the match. It was a very hyped-up match in the early 2000s with the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, and Edge and Christian as like a triple threat tag team feud. So then in like the, when was this? was 2000, when was 2014? But yeah, I don't, like or something, yeah. yeah so like, Drew, before Drew McIntyre left, um, <laughs> there was, uh, they had uh, hired uh, what they called minis, which are little people who do wrestling, right? Yeah. And there was Hornswoggle, yeah. who was more of a character than a wrestler, but then there's also El Torito, who's a luchador. Who's legitimately a good wrestler? A great, one of the great best, wrestler. like one of the one of like maybe the best, maybe the best mini gen- wrestler of his career, uh, which includes like fucking Microman and like mini wrestling is like unlike in America. Mini wrestling is actually like you know kind of respected. It's respected you in Mexico. Like, you get like Sangria Dorada, which is like he's a mini wrestler, but he like they, they yeah. give them you know respect the way you would like fucking Tyrion Lannister. Or like yeah, I mean, yeah, they give him respect. Yeah, what's the actual actor's name? I keep forgetting. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yeah. Well, and the thing about Lucha Libre is like, yeah, they're attractions, and that's like the thing. It's like, okay, these are attractions, and they're going to actually win titles. But that's not the point. They don't give a shit about titles either way. No. Like, Lucha Libre really doesn't care about titles all that much. They care about the characters. Like, yeah, so like it's, it's you can character be well respected, be a mini, or be an insulting goal. Uh, and it's it's fine. Yeah. Like they don't treat you any different. You still get the same amount of respect. Mm-hmm. Exotico being LGBTQ wrestlers or cross dressers, I guess. Yeah, or yeah, or wrestlers in drags. Or wrestlers or in drag. Wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. Exoticos. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, so WWE had a they had this match. They called it WLC because it was. Uh, Basically, a TLC match between El Torito and Hornswoggle. And the thing is, it's like, El Torito's great, but because Hornswoggle wasn't, like, really a wrestler, like, he trained enough, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, this is like a pre-show match, right, Penel? It wasn't even on the main show? Yeah, it's like a pre-show. It wasn't yeah, on the it's like this is an undercard, undercard match. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it stole the show. But it was, like, awesome. <laughs> it was, like, way surpassed expectations. Uh, some of it was some of the other, like, wrestlers doing... Stuff like Drew McIntyre took a flip dive through a table. Um, Where nobody there for no reason. Yeah, this is before he was he, before he left for excursion or not excursion. Before he went to the Indies and then reinvented himself, he was just a jobber at this point. And yeah, so it, all the wrestlers like like put effort into it and made it like a good presentation. So definitely one of the best pre-show matches WWE ever had. The and uh, uh, and basically stole the show. Yeah, like there was like one other card. The rest of the show that sucked. Um, yeah. But I was like, man, this fucking holds up because it's not a WWE <laughs> match. It's just a match. It fucking kicks ass. It's just a fun kind of like luchas like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Match. it's just a fun little plunder sprint match, and I'm like, this is so much more interesting than anything they've did on that show. Yeah, um, a thousand times more interesting. Is that the same show where they did the stairs match with Big Show and Eric Rowan? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> They're all the same. Who cares? Yeah, I just remember that specifically sucked. But um, who the fuck, who the fuck cares? They're all the same. Do it's they all the same show? Is that whole match on YouTube, Benel? Yeah, the whole match is on YouTube. Yeah, so you just YouTube WLC, El Tonito yeah, and Hornswoggle. Uh, kick kick ass. 
It doesn't overstay its welcome either. It's in and out. No, per- perfect, perfect amount of time. It's twelve minutes. Perfect mm-hmm. amount of time. They got everything in in twelve minutes. I'm like, ah, this is a that's a professional wrestling match right there, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, nothing, nothing, nothing's happening for me this week. I got nothing to do. Benel, have you? Uh, when's the last time you watched a stand-up special? <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, I watched John Mulaney's stand-up special. The new one. Yeah, the PR special. When did you yeah, watch uh, it? Uh, like a week ago. Like a you say the, <laughs> the PR mean like in the special? He's like my bad. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay. How was it? Yeah, it's, it's it's good. Like John Mulaney was good when he was on when he was a junkie. So like now that yeah. he's not a junkie, he's also he says he's consistent. Mm-hmm. One of the best comedians of the, this generation, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, pretty fair. Yeah, I don't think that's an over. I don't think that's an, an overstep. Like how how much of it was like sincere? I guess is that because like John Mulaney's not known as being like. A sincere comic, you know. No comic, no no comedian is known for the sincerity. Uh, I mean, a lot of them like dip into it as like part of a they thing, do, which is also a trope. Which is okay. yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's a trope you, for some comedians. Which is also a trope in Mark Maron. Mark Maron does yeah. that shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, which is you know manipulative. Like I, you 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 heard about? I I wrote my treat my treaties on on comedy. The listeners have not heard you talk about it. Especially, oh yeah, but also, um, I, I I haven't talked to you about comedy in a while, and also I have another reason I brought this up. Okay. I'll get to. Um, <laughs> did I believe in sincere? I believe it's as sincere as you can possibly do with a performance that was refined and uh, over several six months. It's yeah, but I'm saying like how much? I, I guess my question is more like not like I'm not asking about like his. Do you do like his level of sincere? I mean, like how much of the of the hour was dedicated to him being like. My bad. <laughs> I don't think he. Well, I. I think. I don't think it wasn't a, the the whole. The thing wasn't a mea culpa. That's okay. what I think people get it wrong. Uh-huh. It's not just him going. I'm sorry. It's him describing his experiences with drugs and alcohol. And he so he just and, he just John Mulaney just turned them into jokes basically. And he just yeah he okay. just that's basically it. So it's a It's this not is, like he didn't change his like um his his like rhythm or his like tone. No, he, he just, just did a John Mulaney made, version of. Yeah, he made the John Mulaney thing. Okay, that's really what I meant. That's what I was curious about. Um, cause like, yeah, I just think it's interesting when comedians go through stuff like that. If like it changes like their rhythms or their tendencies or whatever. Um, but he basically I mean, just I'm... performed the way like this is just a John Mulaney show after I went through some shit basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Which I think the best comedians kind of. Don't I hate maybe like I hate the comedians that have like the thing that happens to them. The NC's I'm sorry, like sitting down chair. Well sitting down on the stool <laughs> with the camera on his face. So dramatic. I hear you, Benel, but to be fair kind of like sometimes you have to you have to you can't always throw the same fastball forever, right? There's something to be said for variety. You gotta work in some breaking balls. I think you can. I think. Uh, well, here's the thing. For, for artistically speaking, when it comes to stand up, yeah. I do not think that that is the job of a comedian. I, our job as a comedian is to train in jokes. That is what the job of the comedian is. Mm. Uh, relevatory. It can't. A joke can be relevatory and it can be interesting. 
and it can't get you thinking about things in a different way. Um, but the comedian that sacrifices <laughs> jokes for yeah. his fucking dramatic monologue. One man shows preachy stuff, yeah. That's... Just one man show preaching shit. Storytelling stuff. Like, even yeah. even Mark Marin, who is, like, no for his one-man show preaching shit. He writes like, a nah, line. These are jokes. But yeah, he, he writes he, jokes. He, does he writes jokes, for he sure. He writes... That motherfucker obsesses with writing jokes. Like, he's yeah. about the joke. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, I... But... I... Anything. I, as always, the reason, like, I got sick of doing comedy is because ultimately he is a manipulative act. This isn't a conversation. I'm not actually having a dialogue. This is a monologue. Yeah. As Paula Tompkins is wont to say. Mm-hmm. This is a Manu law. This is artifice. I'm, I'm. This is, this is artifice. I'm just artifice. See, unlike other comedians, however, I don't win if I get a laugh. I win if you don't leave. I'm not actually give a shit if you laugh or not. You're, you're like, which, <laughs> ma- which makes you a bad comedian. <laughs> you treat the audience as the opposite of the way people treat prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I win if you don't leave. What? Uh, I. <laughs> You can you can say I Louis C K the audience, but like oh you know, shit, <laughs> think about yeah. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, yeah. god damn, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just picturing him jerking off in a doorway, saying, "I win if you don't leave." <laughs> <laughs> Which he probably did. I win. <laughs> he just He's just jerked off, saying, "I win." <laughs> yeah. I win because you can't leave. Which is. You know. <laughs> That is basically what my stand-up is. That's also horrifying to think about uh, from the well, yeah, from those women's perspective. But uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's awful. Uh, I remember I got I got docs for pointing out that we shouldn't like talk about uh, this guy who sexually assaulted women and is still a million. He's still a millionaire. Still has a career. Never faced any consequences. Never faced any consequences. What do you mean, Benel? He took like a year off. Oh wow! Imagine, imagine not doing the thing that made you a lot of money for like a whole year. It's crazy. Wow, especially when I have that million. Especially, imagine being already. a millionaire, but you can't work for like a year. Fuck! He literally took that. He literally <laughs> took that time out and directed short films. Like it's not like he oh. sat at home. Oh, shit! He took, <laughs> he took that million dollars and then made movies. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know why everybody wants to be a sexual abuser. I don't know why everybody in comedy wants to be in sexual. Like, I don't know why what's like, uh, I love sexual abuse. And I think I it's a to... chicken and the egg thing, but now. <laughs> no. I think I think predators see a space that is not like, uh, you know, like regulated, regulated and, by uh, anybody and they go, like, perfect. Yeah. Uh, Rubs hands together. Just... <laughs> I was just talking with another friend of ours about another predator in the scene. Uh, I, I won't go into details. I, mostly because I pro- it's not that I shouldn't, but I don't know what I'm allowed to say legally. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really more of uh, a thing. I, yeah, don't let me know. I'm a street nigga. I'll just beat the nigga Yeah, up. yeah, I won't go oh, into you, it. You, you sue me? You sue me? Sue me. Go ahead. But we were just talking what, about, see like... what happens when I see him. You're going to uh, sue me with a broken... You're going to the, go to court with a broken arm. A friend of ours is... That's uh, how you're going to go to court. A friend of ours is just like, oh, yeah, I could get... I used to do this for this comedian this comedian this comedian and they said a name and i was like is that the person who and they're like yeah i was like okay because i couldn't remember <laughs> which is a bad sign that's a bad sign that i can't remember which all of them exactly well, uh, well, well, i'm sorry i feel like we trailed off from your original point 
I asked about before John Mulaney. How long had it been since you watched the stand up thing? I don't know. When was the Seth Meyers stand up? Like twenty twenty, maybe. Yeah, so that long. So like, okay, because I also I think we're in the similar thing where we both have like moved away from stand up, right? And much like uh, our guest that we're gonna have on for the Yu Gi Oh episode later, Hannah Harkness. And, and like a lot of people I know, except Alex Patak. Go support him, everybody. If you're yeah. <laughs> Alex is very funny and deserves uh, to have his comedy watched. But uh, so I Lewis Black put up a special like this month, just on YouTube. Sure. And like I don't know, like I don't th- when I think about like my favorite comedians or whatever, I don't really think of him being up there really. But I always watch his stuff, and I don't really know why. Because if you're going to ask me, mm. I'm like, I do think, like, John Mulaney is clearly better, more, like, modern. I think Kyle Kinane is funnier. I think, like, a lot of trendier comedians who have Netflix specials that are been come out in the last couple of years are more relevant-y, I guess. But I'm never, like, I never, like, feel like I can just watch those. You know, like, I knew John Mulaney had a new special, but I'm like... I didn't want to watch it. No, yeah, you felt like no need to watch it. Yeah, but like, then I see Lewis Black puts a thing on YouTube, and I just like click it. I'm just watching. I'm like about a, I'm like forty percent of the way through. It's not like groundbreaking or anything, but there's something that I find just watchable about his style, and I don't know, like, um, I I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm just, <laughs> I guess my my question would be, who is that for you? Do you have someone who like? You just find watchable, even if you don't think they're necessarily oh, your Ron, fave. Ron, yeah, Ron White. Mm, that's a good yeah. one. I've heard people Ron bring White. him up because, like, Cause Ron, yeah, he just does stand up. <laughs> like, he just, yeah, all he does is he just tells stories, and he's interesting. He's yeah. interesting to watch, and he's interesting to like. That's the thing is like he also performs very well. Yeah, he doesn't overstate his welcome. Right. Um. And he's kind of, he's very, like, he has, like, a laconic, very homey, like, he, it's very interesting to watch him perform. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing, like, I don't really, like, I, I'll, I've skipped the last two, the last Patton special. Like, I don't watch it. I Pat, love Patton. Pat Oswalt? Yeah. Yeah, I love him, too, oh. but I haven't watched this thing either, actually, you're right. I haven't watched it, you know. Like, Pat Oswalt's probably in my top five if I was going to make a list, but I haven't watched his latest thing either. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, if you throw on Ron White, I'll, I'll fucking watch Ron White. It's I think that's really interesting that like the thing that you'll always watch if you throw like I feel like with movies it's like The Princess Bride, yeah, or whatever. It's like if you if someone just threw that on, I would just watch it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think about that as one of my favorite movies, really. But Which it's is, just endlessly watchable though. Like I think there's because and I said this before I think for music specifically like. Your favorite thing isn't the thing you watch, isn't the thing you say you love. It's the thing you watch when you don't want to watch anything. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That is that is your actual favorite movie. And like I think some of it's like, some of it maybe is about the predictability of it, you know? The comfort. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I know Louis Black is going to say fuck in before words where it doesn't make sense. And he's yeah. going to yell and spike at random intervals. <laughs> and that's somewhat comforting to me for whatever reason like when I, I guess when i started listening to comedy i that rhythm just like was comforting to me for whatever eddie pepitone's in the in the same boat so like but eddie pepitone just gets he gets out there with his bits yeah his, he's very yeah eddie pepitone though is like 
he's you pretty can, modern. Yeah, you Even though he's, him... he's older, but he's very modern <laughs> in his though his. You can't. Yeah, you can't have Eddie Pepitone in the background. He he no. will do something that will make you pay attention to him. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which I I mean I got to see Eddie Pepitone live a yeah, decade ago. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Also oh, were you ago. at the show? Were we at the same show? I don't think it was the same show because I okay. think Leo Allen hosted. Pat Oswald uh, went up second, and then no, Eddie yeah, Pat wasn't on this show. This was in my neighborhood when he recorded okay, yeah. his album. I want to say. Oh, if you were at the album recording, yeah, it was an album recording. Yeah, it was like in my neighborhood. I think so. It was probably at um, you know, one of those spots <laughs> that's popular in my neighborhood. I can't remember anymore. But anyway, yeah. So. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, because um, I just think that's interesting. Us. We're the Spirit Hunters, and we're a show that treats Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho's author as the center of the universe. Some weeks we do linguistic analysis. The Chinese meaning of this character is to smelt or refine, but so the changed meaning in Japanese it means to temper. Other times, we get absolutely smashed. So we take one shot every time. Yusuke uses the ray gun. One hour later. This is the least coherent episode. Check us out at the HyperX Podcast Network. Well, looks we didn't get any new emails, <laughs> so this is all. <laughs> I don't want to hear shit about fuck. Okay, well, never mind. I thought we could kill some time with that, but I'm uh, just gonna edit that part out. No, uh, fuck, <laughs> no, no. You keep this fuck again. You let them know we're disappointed in you guys. <laughs> not fucking putting. You didn't send us your question, but we're not good enough for you. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm gonna send myself some questions and then answer it. Hey guys, we we didn't get any emails this week, but you uh, you still can send them in. Uh, Balloutsuper@gmail.com. Uh, questions, uh, whatever. Me and Benel, and we'll answer them. Well, Benny G. Uh, <laughs> that being said, you want to dive into the, the Dragon Ball? Let's try. Let's dive into some. Dragon Ball Institute. Oh, well, no, it's just Dragon Ball, though. Play the eye catch, me. <laughs> All right. We're three episodes into this bad boy already, Benel. Can you believe it? I can't believe how, how uh, quick this thing has been going on. This thing flies by. You know, like, <laughs> um, we have, there's Hold only, on. like, we have like 140. Or a little, like, a less than 140 uh, Naruto shipping episodes to go. But there's only 150 more Dragon Ball episodes. Real I say poly, only, yeah. but yeah. I say only, but. <laughs> we could theoretically end both of them around the same time-ish. I'll be honest with you, the the, <laughs> the shipping episodes are probably going to take us longer, because <laughs> they feel like it's taking forever. I mean, there's Not fillers in there. Yeah. Not Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball, thing's already moving. I forgot yeah. that the... So we're in episode three. Let's yes. talk about it. Yes. It's time to talk about some balls. Balls. Uh, we got some balls. Balls. To talk about it. Anyway, taking up from last episode, Goku and Boma are still returning Turtle to the sea. He's mm-hmm. a turtle. Turtle. Uh, turtle turtle club. <laughs> turtle, turtle. Which I can't wait for Alex's special because he does have that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Turtle joke, which yeah. I think is. But honestly, I think he's the la- one of the last stand-ups I saw, like, at live. He, Alex? And that mis- yeah. Yeah. I think Alex is one of the last. And he had fucking this Mr. Turtle joke, and I'm like, this is the best joke of all time. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, I will. I should say, you've been a Patak fan since early. I've, j- I've jumped on board fucking 
like since he came to New York. Like, he he was like um uh, two weeks into open micing here, and I remember you said like I think Patak is one of the funniest people in the city, and I thought he was good. I definitely thought he was good for sure. Absolutely, but, but you were really on the. You were really I'm, high I'm, on him early. Still, I think he's. I, I still. I still hype him up as one of like my favorite. I mean, you turned out to maybe. be right. He's fan. He's a tr- he's a terrific comic. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting you over, brother. You have an eye for talent. Yeah. I mean, so I, do I, I. Because like I. I do like you know <laughs> I do I do fucking set. I do fucking set list is fucking Maxwell Hodge and Alex mm-hmm. Tech and then Paula Tompkins to close it out. Yeah. That's fair. It's like, hey, do you like you like this kind of comedy? Because this is the kind of comedy Benel likes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's the fucking genre. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, but that turtle joke is so fucking amazing. Can't wait. That's really good. I can't wait till he puts that down on fucking wax. <laughs> yeah, that shit. That's yeah. one of the things about records. Like, okay, I wish all my friends made their did their hours so I can at least listen to their old, all their old jokes that I like. Word. Well, mine's on YouTube, by the way. That's really what it is. I that's that's why this? I'm glad you did your house. <laughs> Ballers, did I ever tell you that you could watch actually like yeah. two different 45 minutes, uh, two nights of 45 minutes? It's on YouTube. It's yeah, just, I get it's to just watch, up there if you want to watch. <laughs> yeah, I get to watch all the losses, all the jokes, and I fucking love them. I'm, I'm actually, you know, in hindsight, I'm actually pretty proud of it. Uh, You're really good. It's You're amazing. Uh, the fact that you wrote two hours, like basically two hours worth of fucking material is amazing. I probably couldn't do 45 with the jokes I have, like it was, even after even after ten years, I was like, hey, "This is struggle for me." Yeah, it was. I mean, to be fair, I was very fortunate. I didn't have to have a job in my twenties. Yeah. I got to pursue stand up pretty, you know, freely. <laughs> You're also so, uh, good at stand up, and uh, you know, you care about the audience having a good time, which I was never <laughs> my concern. Never my concern. You know, you say this, Benel, and I believe you to a point, but I don't believe you all the way, I gotta be honest. <laughs> I believe I you to believe. a point. <laughs> I think you care less about what the audience thinks than a lot of comics, but... Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I don't think it's I think, 100%. <laughs> I want them to have a good time. I don't want to be mad. I just, I just, you know, I don't get... I'm not concerned if they understand or like me. I mean, part of that is good to, like, you know, foster your own audience but then who would that be besides like me me it's me it's like I'm the- <laughs> unfortunately i'm the only person that likes my stuff <laughs> i corbo loved yourself that's true but corbo's my best friend so that doesn't count like uh, yeah me and corbo are your like- friends so that doesn't- <laughs> yeah, that's, the- that's the thing you guys like benel the person like yeah. i don't know if there's uh well like there's a few people that like benel the comedian like like my comedian stuff uh I thought you got. I thought you got um, really good when after, when you stopped wearing fingerless gloves. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> How dare you? I think I think fingerless glove Benel was the was the best version. Of- <laughs> <laughs> you would think that. For the listeners, Benel used to do open mics in fingerless gloves, and I always called it the fingerless glove era, Benel. So like how, that's how I tell people. That's how long I've known you. Yeah. If you never knew Fingler's Glove Benel, then oh Did boy. you even really know Benel? Did you ever really know him? <laughs> you know this po- you know this polished asshole, like Yeah. Did you did you really even know Fingler's Glove Benel? Uh the best was when you read the suicide note at my open mic. The suicide note from the future. I, the <laughs> yeah. premise was 
it was my so, note from the future. Right. I was still going to kill myself, but it was like, you know, after Bear became the president. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be whimsical, but I just remember everyone feeling, like, really upset. Yeah. <laughs> and concerned. Everyone's upset and concerned. I'm like, I'm not doing... I should have... It was supposed to be now, like a my, whimsical future, but yeah. <laughs> now, my, my instincts now are like, I would have prefaced this a lot. Yeah. I would have done... First of all, I wouldn't have opened with it, which is... Like, <laughs> I always opened with the... How do I get these guys on my side? Let's start with the suicide <laughs> note. But... I wouldn't have opened with it. Well, how do I, I get the audience to trust I me? I would have primed the pump first. You love it. But no, I think the suicide right, bit so. I think it's pretty good, but here's my question. Why'd you open with it? <laughs> Because I was always excited to open with the new stuff. Of course. Yeah, of course. That's for sure. I was always like giddy. He's like, oh, I just came up with this thing. It's fucking, yeah. I like it. Open my, was, open uh, my comedian 101. Always want to open with the new stuff first. But but you don't. Never want to open. Don't ever do that. Get an opener. Open. And then test your new stuff. <laughs> test the new stuff in the middle and yes. then close. Lost on her has heard one close I had for like set, like 150 times. Yeah. I had one close that I would go to all the time, and then I had to switch it out. Which, if you're really new, you don't have an opener or a closer yet, which is fine. But, like, once you find, like, a, a good opener, actually just use that. And then test your new stuff in the middle. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Dragon Ball Banel. <laughs> yeah. Momo tells Goku that uh, it's going to take him a month to get out to the sea on foot, but Goku promises to take the turtle to the sea. Yeah, anyway, a big monster watches the trio and decides he wants to eat them. And then we get to the opening, which is called, what was this called? Master Roshi's and the Nimbus? Yeah, Master, I believe it was the uh, Master Roshi. Oh, sure, Master Roshi and the Flying Nimbus Cloud, I think. A very yeah. literal title. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, they, they don't fuck around with the titles. They let you know what the episode's about. So, a few things struck me here. By the way, Goku is carrying the turtle and running as fast as Bulma is on a motorcycle. But, um... <laughs> I, we got we introduced the Master Roshi and the Nimbus very early. Ridiculously I, early. I had like, no I idea this was going to happen already. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this this was like episodes down the line. I, yeah. I didn't. I thought he met Master Roshi in the middle of the series, but no, he Master Roshi's already here. I totally forgot that he shows up this early. Yeah. Yeah. the The monster confronts the tri the trio. The monster looks like a giant cat in like samurai armor or like bandit <laughs> armor. Yeah, he's on all twosies. He's got, yeah. like, it looks like Japanese, like, uh, I don't know the period it would be, but he's got, like... I would say I would say it's more like banded, like, Ronin armor. It's like, like banded, yeah, armor. it's like banded armor. Yeah. And like he has a sword. He has a sword. It's not, it's not a katana, it's a, it's a scimitar. It's a scimitar. Yeah. Just to let you know that this place is, uh, you know, Chinese-inspired, not Japanese-inspired. Yeah. Uh, and he demands that... The, the monster confronts Goku, and he's like, I want that turtle. And Goku's like, nah, that's not going to happen. And Bulma's like, give him the turtle, Goku, or we're going to die. The, the faith that she has in Goku uh, never wavers. Yeah, Goku <laughs> put, puts that turtle down and is like, look, go be a turtle somewhere. Be a turtle behind that rock. I'm going to fight this dude. Mm -hmm. and, and the monster's like, I got a big-ass sword. Come here. <laughs> yeah. And then swings a big-ass sword, and, no, and Goku knocks him out in... Uh, one punch! Da, na, 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 na. Man, 
every early Dragon Ball episode I watch, the more I think, like, uh, Ichiro Oda, the One Piece creator, he fucking loved Dragon Ball. Fucking right. <laughs> like, like, One Piece is, God, it's so, especially it's, early One Piece is so similar to early Dragon Ball. It's like. It's Dragon Ball all up in, it's Dragon Ball up in its guts. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Goku literally runs up the gu- the big monster's arm. Just punches him right between the eyes and knocks him out. And it's like, well, that's done. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Bulma is like reminding me more of Nami because I forget that early Nami, like, never thinks that Luffy is going to be able to do the shit that he can do, and is surprised constantly. <laughs> uh, but Bul- Bulma doesn't think Goku could beat this monster who he literally one shots. So, and he picks the turtle up, and it's off to the sea. Yeah, he, uh, Bulma, Goku, and Turtle reach the sea. Turtle returns to the ocean and asks them to stay there for a while while he comes back with a gift. Meanwhile, Emperor Pilaf is taking a horse ride through his kingdom and shows that actually people live there, which is surprising. Yeah, I thought he was Emperor in name only, but like, apparently he is a sovereign of some people? Those people look kind of sad. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, they don't look like they're doing great. I think he's a pretty shitty emperor. As opposed to a good emperor, which is, like, only slightly better. Uh, well, I mean, yes. <laughs> you know, like, good emperors are in, in fiction, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, Emperor Pilaf is, uh... We cut to the inside of Emperor Pilaf's palace, where he's admiring his Dragon Ball. When Mai and... The dog's name Shun, right? I, don't, I really want to say Dog Ninja. <laughs> I really, really want to say Dog Ninja. Uh, it's... Yeah, okay. No, Shu, uh, not, no N, Shu. 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 Yeah. Arrives to tell Pilaf that they did find Dragon Ball, but they did run into some wolves and a mysterious monkey boy to beat up the wolves. And Pilaf's like, "Yeah, fucking, I don't give a shit." Phone call. <laughs> they said this boy kicked our ship. They're fucking playing, and Pilaf just ignores this. Like that's just a normal thing. <laughs> yeah, this boy just kicked our plane out of the air. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, anyway, <laughs> like, would you try to recruit whoever this was? To your army? I mean, yeah, if Pilaf was a good emperor. But if you not. knew what the fuck you were doing at all. Yeah. Yeah, well, motherfucker, motherfucker does not know what he's doing, so there you go. He's tunneled vision uh, on these Dragon Balls, like Bulba. Uh, uh, Pilaf gets a phone call from one of his uh, spies to tell him that uh, the Dragon Ball is in the possession of the Turtle Hermit, who lives in the, who lives in a secluded island, uh, you know, several miles south. Pilaf goes with Mia and Shu uh, into their cramped aircraft to investigate. Pilaf's henchmen, besides Shu and Mai, are like the peanut kid's parents. <laughs> like, who the fuck called him and told him? Like, we never see his other henchmen besides Shu and uh, Mai. Like, we, we just hear about them. Like, you're just like, oh yeah, we saw the, 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 the turtle hermits got a dragon ball. Oh, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> it's really weird, but okay, sure. Um, uh, speaking of Turtle Helmer, we return back to the beach, uh, where Turtle returns with an old bald man with a turtle shell on his back. The old bald man re- tur- re- introduces himself as the Turtle Hermit. Oh yeah, did he say his name in this episode? No, he just calls himself the Turtle, the, the turtle Hermit. But the episode said his name. 
Yes, but <laughs> he really, himself has never said his name. That's really interesting. Yeah, he just goes... Um, and at this point, like, there's no reason for us to think anything of this guy. No. Except later when we think he's a perv, but outside of that, he's just an old yeah. guy. He's just an old man yep. who, who has a turtle and is riding a turtle. And he's a turtle hermit. We don't really know what that means. Yeah, no no clue. So let's, uh, the turtle hermit offers to give Goku a present uh, for helping his turtle. The turtle calls out, to a phoenix! Who doesn't arrive because he died of food poisoning. Oh. Yeah, R.I.P. Rip. Well, uh, the hermit figure puzzles out that he could send, he can summon Hinton Un, which is a flying Nimbus cloud, and he tells Goku that only the person without impure ta- thoughts can ride it. He demonstrates this by jumping on it and falling through it completely. That was funny, but also ex- it's expected if you've ever watched the show, obviously. Yeah. But I think, again, if you're watching this for the first time, it's a pretty funny gag. <laughs> Goku, however, has no problem getting on that cloud. So, I completely agree that ch- Kid Goku is pure of heart. Adult yeah. Goku probably can't ride the Nimbus anymore, because he's a selfish asshole. <laughs> is it because you think he is because the Nimbus was like, oh, he's too stupid to know right from wrong? No, I think Goku, he has a sense of right and wrong. Like, morally speaking. Not like, custom speaking, right? But, like... I guess that's why he stops riding in the Nimbus Cloud after a while, huh? Yeah, I think so. Oh, also, there was a funny beat where, like, Goku asked the turtle, like, hey, that monster thought it was cool to eat you. And the turtle has to be like, oh, no, no, turtle meat's really tough. You'd probably vomit. You wouldn't like disgusting. it. And Goku's like, yeah, I figured. Some people eat anything. And the turtle's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Uh, Goku almost Goku maybe in another timeline would have eaten the turtle, but and then never would have had any of this happen. So yeah, that that's the Goku Black timeline. That's, yeah, that's that is Goku happened. Black timeline. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean Goku. This Goku is you know as shown a protagonist go is pure heart, uh, innocence, dumb dumb child, and dumb, dumb child man. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he f- starts flying around on the Nimbus. And this is the iconic imagery. Goku flying on the Nimbus. Love it. It's great. Uh, meanwhile, Emperor Pilaf and his crew arrive at the Turtle Hermit's home, which is called Kami House, and try to use the old telegram trick to get in, but no one answers because no one's in the house. That's a, this is an old... That's an, an old... Guy. So old. Yeah. go. Uh, Pilaf gets his open anything key and unlocks the door, only to find that it won't budge. When he looks over to the window, Mai and Shu has already gotten inside and asked Pilaf why he locked himself out. This is actually a really good joke. That was that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, the window's open and it's not very high up. It's like really, it's like Master Roshi's asking people to rob him. And also, the door was already unlocked because he doesn't expect people to actually come in. Yeah, rob him. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back on land, Goku's riding his Nimbus around, and Bulma asks what she can receive. Uh, Roshi checks in on the turtle, see if she has helped him in any way, which he says no, not at all. <laughs> which I also, I really think was a good... I was really funny, because it's true. Goku carried him for miles, and yeah. Bulma just complained the whole time, 
as Goku pointed out, like, why are you always complaining? Uh, <laughs> she just was like, I want to go after the Dragon Balls. Fuck this turtle. Um, so yeah, get called out, Bulma. Uh, so Goku, um, let's see. So Bulma, but Roshi agrees to give her something if she flashes him her panties. Alright, so, I mean, I was kind of dreading... Rowling Roshi- shit. Yeah, I-, I was dreading Roshi and Boma's interaction, because I-, I knew I- this was going to happen, obviously. But it actually is worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it turns out to be worse than what I expected. Oh, it's... Yeah, this whole... Almost 16. It's This whole thing's gross. Uh... Get ready for some more grossness, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boma agrees uh, over the turtles uh, protesting that it is very unbecoming of Roshi to, not Roshi, of the turtle hermit to want to see a young woman's panties. Yeah, Boma, however, is unaware that she's not wearing panties since Goku stripped them off the last episode. And she is currently serving cunt. <laughs> Jesus, breath hell. Fuck. Look, if the gays can say it, I can say it. <laughs> I don't know if that's the rule. <laughs> I don't know if that's the rule either, but I'm still going to say <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, I didn't realize this was a part of the thing. I didn't realize it because Goku took her panties off that she didn't realize that she didn't have panties on. So, when she... <sighs> she lifts her dress, and we get a shot of her cartoon ass from the back. And I'm not okay with any of this <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, none of this is cool. None of this is cool, man. None this of this is, not, is cool, man. File this under not cool, man. Um, just, I'm not about. I'm not. I'm not about this at I, all. Obviously, this is all supposed to be humorous. Yeah, it's but a, man, it's, does it fucking suck? <laughs> it's not. I don't like it. Um. So, yeah, Roshi sees a sixteen-year-old's. Yeah, and. God, and then we have to just live with that. <laughs> That's just we just have to keep going. The turtle armor decides that, that that she does deserve a reward for that. That was pretty great. <laughs> He's like, yeah. You know what? Awesome. Fair enough, <laughs> young lady. Yeah. Uh, that is when Bulma notices the Dragon Ball around the turtle hermit's neck, and after serving even more cunt, uh, he agrees to part with it. That's the thing. That's the thing. So first she's like, I'll take the Dragon Ball. Then he's like, wait, I didn't say I'd give you the Dragon Ball. Then she flashes him two more times. And he he does the whole nosebleed gag. And then he says, sure. And it's like, okay, man, fuck. So, and then Goku's got the Nimbus Cloud. Bulma's got the Dragon Ball. So, I mean, our party makes off with the loot. So we're doing great. <laughs> Yep, Boma and Goku head off after saying goodbye. Uh, after saying goodbye to the turtle hermit and his turtle. Uh, Boma returns, Boma and Goku return home or return to their domicile when Boma realizes that she's not wearing any panties. Uh huh. And Boma tells Goku that he took her panties off that morning. Uh, and it's okay that she doesn't have, uh, Kraken balls. <laughs> and then she says, You took off my panties while I was sleeping. And he's like, Yeah. And she gives a very understandable reaction. 
uh, of unloading a machine gun on him. <laughs> Which is funny, because she knows that won't kill him, but it will hurt him. Yeah. Just remember that base beginning of Dragon Ball Goku is immune to bullets. Just remember that. Yep. <laughs> uh, Alright. There's still more episodes. So by the way, the episode's just not it's not like over. Uh April uh April. Uh Pilaf and team ran uh, and his team ransack Master Roshi's place trying to find Dragon Ball. They interrogate an alligator who is sunbathing, which I fucking I think that's funny. I thought it was really funny that he was, the alligator was sunbathing and Pilaf just like takes out a switchblade and throws <laughs> it. That was actually the funniest thing in the whole episode to me. <laughs> just the image of him Lap, threatening. Yeah, this, bro. yeah, he just takes out a switchblade and threats him. Just the image of that was really funny. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, fucking, uh, the alligator tells Roshi that Roshi, that, that the turtle hermit went off with his turtle this morning. And look, he's over there. Just fucking get, get the fuck away from me, bro. I love that the alligator acted like I would if someone pulled a blade. Yeah. <laughs> on me. Like, all, right, all right, bro. Get get. It's right over there. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Good times. Anyway, Roshi arrives and uh, Pilaf is at, asked Roshi where, where his Dragon Ball. Like, where? Give me your Dragon Ball. And B- Roshi's like, I already gave it away to those to those kids on that beach. Pilaf's like, what kids? He says, yeah, the kids on the beach, they helped my turtle out, so I gave them the Dragon Ball. Pilaf and his crew get on their ship, which converts into the boat, because this is, uh, Dragon Ball was created in the, what, mid early 80s? And yeah. everyone was doing Battletech shit back then. 89? Yeah. Battletech? Battletech? Yeah. Bat- it's super red. Battletech. Fucking. No, we, we don't ever talk about it, but, you know, Battletech is fucking awesome. It's cool shit. It's it's fucking awesome. Like, and nobody, and that's a, that's one of those things like Americans like don't don't fuck with Battletech for some reason. Yeah, I think um, I wonder why that is. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't tell you. Turn 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 people into things. Oh, Transformers also. Okay, no, so it was before Transformers. The series premiered on Fuji TV uh, in 1986. Yeah. yeah. Battletech is, 90, is, is uh, in 84. Oh, no, I'm not thinking of Battletech. I'm thinking of Robotech. Wrong tech. Wait, really? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, Robotech came out in 1985. I'm thinking of wrong tech. Battletech is a miniature game. Though Battletech is awesome. Robotech is the miniature is a anime where where planes turns into robots. Oh, I think I also was confused then. Yeah, but no, it's fair. It's still like Battletech is still dope, but Robotech. Yeah, Robotech. Yeah, I don't think like, I, I don't think I'd heard of Robotech actually. You've never heard of Robotech? It's the first no. like vehicle that turned into robots. Oh, before everything. Yeah, before like Transformers, Transformers and all. The, yeah. Oh, I think. Oh, yeah, I think I had her. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think I guess I had heard about it. But like, I mean, yeah, I, why? Why did Transformers take off and Robotech didn't? 
Well, Robotech took off in Japan. It was huge. Oh, I see. It was hugely popular. Uh, but it never, it may, it never made them jump over because I think, well, Transformers were like, like the early models for Transformers were like Japanese toys that could transform into things that were like knockoff Robotech stuff. Mm. I see. So, like, I don't know. I, I'm probably wrong about this. It's like fucking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Microchangers, that's what they called. I remember that. Okay, yeah, so... Because so the Dragon Ball manga... Yeah. You know, I never looked this up before, I don't think. It was serialized... The whole Dragon Ball manga was serialized in 1984. But then there's something here that says it was first written in 79? And this when Toriyama no, first wrote it? But mm-hmm. it wasn't put into Shonen Jump until five years later, maybe? But yeah, the, the, but the TV was started in '86. Yeah, yeah. But if these are early Dragon Ball episodes, then they would probably predate the Robotech anime. But would they like predate the Robotech manga? No, Robotech was in '84. Weird. Hmm. Mm. Very interesting. Where then? Where did the fucking transforming robot idea come from? Hmm. Well, yeah, no, the Robotech, uh... Well, the animated series in 85. Oh, but it's yeah. an original series. It wasn't a manga or anything before. Oh, was it Die Robo? That probably, that probably would explain. Or Macross? How long has it been Cross been going? See, guys, this is the interesting part where me and Lawson figure out <laughs> the origins of things. I mean, maybe it was just kind of in the... Was, was it a, like a zeitgeist thing? Where it's in, like, in oh, this zeitgeist. is kind of in the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. this is kind of in the zeitgeist. It's like transforming robots and shit. Because there's a lot of it in I mean, look, the, the Red Ribbon Army has a bunch of those fucking things. Oh, fucking Super Sentai also has it. Mm. Yeah, and look, yes, Super Sentai is all about fucking transforming robots. So, like, maybe... I get. Yeah, Henshin series probably could probably uh Henshin. probably has a bunch of them. Engage. Uh, yeah. Dude, I mean I could watch a super clip of fucking the common rider transformations. It's fucking dope. That's literally why people watch their shows. Oh you know, this just reminded me of another guest I think we could have on one of the shows. Uh this dude I know Ooh. who did, he did, he did a lot of Henshin stuff on YouTube. He's uh he's, he's an indie filmmaker martial artist. Oh, dope. That would be a... I'll ask him. I'm sure he'd be into yeah, one okay. of these animes that we talk about. <laughs> That's kind of... Anyway. I'm good, though. Uh, back to Dragon Ball. Uh, so, back to Dragon Ball. Yeah, the Pilaf gang are going to take off in their plane slash submarine. Well, they a... need a push. They need a push. And so Master Roshi does with his uh, walking stick, puts a fucking hole in that thing. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. And then pushes them off into the into the sea. Yeah. Um. And motherfuckers, uh, motherfuckers drive off, but of course their vessel fills up with water, and then it sinks, and and they they all drown. And they all drown, and they uh, die. No more. Yeah. No more villains. No more peel off gang. They certainly not going to still be a thing. Checks notes thirty five fucking years later, in Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> um. 
What happened next? That's it. That's the episode. Oh, is that where it ends? Yeah, that's where it ends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our Dragon Ball. Uh, so, uh, I thought there was another scene with Bulma and Goku, wasn't there? I guess no, not. the scene where Bulma go, Bo, uh, Bulma shoots Goku is like. Oh, the so last we just. Scene oh, okay, so we just. And then like Roshi, of course, views as like, ah, oh, everybody wants those Dragon Balls. Oh, those Dragon Balls, and we go off the air, uh, with pondering what's next for our heroes. They now have four of the Dragon Balls. Uh, Pilaf had one, which means there's two up for grabs, as far as we know. Uh, the show is such a breeze to watch. I um. Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Now the 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 Roshi Bulma stuff uh, was upsetting, so I have to dock a star for that. Oh, um, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go th- uh, three Dragon Balls then. <laughs> three Dragon Balls. It's like a three, three or four, somewhere in there. Maybe three. I'll go three and a half Dragon Balls because. Uh, the show is such a breeze to watch, except for like the weird stuff that like doesn't hold up well, like yeah. the Bulma Master Roshi stuff. But uh, I also think it's funny they haven't named Master Roshi yet, and we don't know what this dude's about at all. But we have met him, so that's cool. What do you think, Benel? I'm gonna give it two Dragon Balls. Okay. The the Bulma stuff is is gross and made me feel weird. Okay, you know I will go down to three then. And you know that you made me feel better about <laughs> talking it. Yeah, she's sixteen. I dislike. Both, um, uh, Master Roshi is uh, hundreds of years old. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's it's not okay. Weird. It's gross and weird. It's not okay. Um, no, it's not okay to take a stand. <laughs> to take a stand. We'll skip that part. So if we do like if they if they re-release, uh, Dragon Ball, like an updated version with like a um, modern animation, and like if they do Dragon Ball Kai, they can just cut out this this part. Then they would cut it. Just cut out a lot of that stuff. Maybe that's why they don't want to do it. Is like there's a lot of stuff like this. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, yeah a lot of those jokes don't age well at all. But you have yeah. to like. I, I assume it, they're like, oh, look, we have to keep this for, like, historical, like, historical purposes. We yeah. can't just. I mean, that's we true. We clip everything out that, yeah, we clip everything out that, that unseemly or dated, dated place of time. We have no history. And we don't. Well, have yeah, time. yeah, absolutely. You can't, like, remove it from this version of it. But, uh, yeah. You, you, can, you can contextualize it and just go, like, this is unpleasant for the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thumb, thumbs down. Would not. This was completely okay at the time, but it is currently unpleasant. Yeah. Um. Well, oh, then also, there's. I think there's a part here where um. I, I think uh, there's a scene where like Bulma tries to get on the Nimbus. Yes, and then she falls. And through. she falls through because she's kind of selfish and manipulative. But uh, well, yeah, I like <laughs> the her thing was like, "Am I is being too beautiful a sin?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's yeah. First, she's like, "I'm, I'm the most pure person, you know. I'm pure-hearted." And then, then Goku like flies in the Nimbus faster than she can drive, and she's like, "Nobody likes a show off." <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, honestly, I'm having a blast watching these episodes, Benel. This is honestly the easiest show to watch. 
Um, cause like Yu-Gi-Oh is like you got to keep track of the game, sort of. Yeah, and that makes it kind of harder. <laughs> and and you know Naruto is old hat. We we know Naruto at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean JJK is awesome. JJK is great. JJK is awesome. Like I have to like pay close attention because cool shits happen all the time. Fucking right. Uh, this doesn't demand my attention the same way. I can just kind of throw it. No, in. it does not. Uh, it's breezy. <laughs> yeah. It's easy and breezy and it's beautiful. Cover girl. Um, well, uh, let's see. I guess, uh, that's it for, uh, everybody. Um, well, we might have ads and emails next week, but not this week. And so, uh, we will, uh, see you next time on Ballin' Out. See